It's been a busy week, and uh, I'm really excited as we continue Life 1.0. And uh, I've got to tell you that the material that the Lord has laid on my heart is, uh, is challenging, and uh, I am uh, nervous. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm not only nervous for, for you, I'm nervous for me, and I'm nervous for you at home. So um, it's awesome that we can come together. Let's pray as we begin this journey of... Uh, the media effect and uh, media and morals in our society. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that you have given us such incredible tools for such a time as this to reach the world with your gospel. And Father, right now, as we begin to unpack what it means to allow or disallow the media to have effect in our lives, Father, you, we pray that you open up our hearts, you open up our minds, and Father, that we are able now just to receive from you, to be directed by you, and Father, we thank you that we can start turning back what the devil has taken for his benefit and that we can start using it for ours. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If I had to say to you and give you a name, Mr. F.W. de Klerk, would you know who I was talking about? Some of you would probably know that man to be part of South Africa's history as being the last white president in the country before handing over to the very famous Mr. Nelson Mandela. During my time serving in, the, in South Africa, in, in the uniformed services, his name was the outgoing. His name epitomized the old. And now we had the new. And we knew that change was coming in our country. But being blessed to be behind the scenes of the political times, I know that what the media broadcast to the rest of the world wasn't necessary the truth. Because many of you might know Mr. Nelson Mandela's name and that rolls off people's tongues. Yes, he was the liberator. He was the, the man that set South Africa free. Well, li very few people realize that it actually took a whole team to get that done. And Mr. F.W. de Klerk was shared the Nobel Peace Prize with Mr. Nelson Mandela for the work of releasing South Africa into a joint and new democracy. But the world would have it that Mr. Nelson Mandela was the single sole hero of the moment. Not saying that he didn't contribute and contribute greatly, but the media has an incredible ability to shape our thoughts and shape our minds about what's going on. How many of you have heard when you flick onto one television a news station that the death toll of a certain disaster is X, you just have to flick over to another and the death toll is Y? Who do we believe? Now, if you can imagine the discrepancies between truth and the media from a perspective of fact, can you understand the difference between media and the truth when it comes down to morals? If the media can get the facts wrong, which are the easier part to purvey, can we honestly trust that the media can get our morals and our character right? You see, I want to put it to you tonight that as we begin to discuss the effect of media and our morals, we are all sitting in the room right now and wherever we are in the world, we're sitting in the room, we're sitting at home, and bottom line is we've already been tainted by the media. We've already been affected by the media. This isn't a point a finger at the next generation. Oh, they're on their phones so much. Point a finger back and tell yourself, 
Look at yourself right now and say, I've been affected by the media. We get so built in to trying to point the effect of the current media upsurge to the new generation, the next generation, that we forget that we, you and I, have already been affected by this discrepancy between who God says we are and who the media says we are. You see, we live in an age where the media wants us to believe that we have complete authority. We have authority for our own day. We can sit, we can do it our way. For those of you old enough, there was a song, I did it my way. Trust me, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not Pastor Dwayne, I'm not going to break out into song. I'll leave that to the praise and worship team. But the fact remains is that the entire world says that you can shape, you can Photoshop, you can edit, you can cut and paste whatever you desire today to be your whims and your fancies. I don't have to watch this television broadcast. I can watch that television broadcast. I don't have to go to this website. I can go to that website. I don't have to engage in actual physical relationship. I can have whatever relationship I want to today online. And the media isn't encouraging bad morals. The media is encouraging you to be selfish to take authority in places that we have never been designed to take authority over. Oh, but isn't all authority given to us through Jesus Christ? All authority over the things that His blood released, all authority over the things that He wants us to take authority over. And there were two very specific times in Scripture that we were given authority. In Eden, we were given specific authority over this earth. We were going to be the kings of the palace. And the palace was earth. And then at the time of Jesus' new creation, when we became a new creation, well, now we were given new and added authority. Now in Jesus' name, we can take authority over healing. We can take authority over sickness and death. We can take authority over our finances. We can take spiritual authority and fight back the darkness of the world. We have authority and God has given us specific authority. But at no time did the, did the blessing of creation authority or the new creation authority in Jesus Christ give us authority over certain elements such as marriage, gender. No, nowhere along the lines did God say, well, you can tweak what I have put in place. But the authority now, by the media standards, should belong to you to decide whatever you like. And it's wanting you to take authority in places that only God has authority. Am I making sense? You see, when we take authority in places where only God has authority, we run into problems because we are not built to change certain things. And when our children start thinking differently, when our children start asking different questions, when our children start saying, hang on, I want to be female today and male tomorrow, we've got a problem. Because we have started taking authority in places that we shouldn't even dream of stepping. But our children have seen us take authority over marriage. I want to be married today and not tomorrow. What's the difference? We fundamentally model the society where we can take authority over what we want to take authority when we want to take it. And then we blame the next generation for saying, it's because of the media and those stupid iPhones. They're on their phones all this time. That's why they do what they do. Well, you see, as much authority that our children will be able to decide upon 
is directly proportional to how much authority we give media in their lives. Can I say that again? It's directly proportional. If you're going to speak up the authority that media has over your children, trust me, media will take authority over your children. Because you have the authority to call that which is not as though it were. You have the authority by the power of the tongue to call into authority the media over your kids, the media over your life. You have the authority to switch that sucker off when the news broadcast isn't telling you what God is telling you. But we don't. We hang on just to see, just to know, did God really say that when you eat of that fruit, you see, we've got this moral authority curiosity that's come from the knowledge of good and evil that we want to investigate the bad so that we can know how good we are. We want to see how bad it is. We want to see what the other side feels. We want to see what other people have done. But this world is changing so fast that we're never on stable ground when we start looking towards any other authority other than God because he's the only stable thing. You see, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, forever. God's word, Isaiah 40, remains forever. The, the plants, the flowers might blow this way and that way, but God's word remains forever. Stable. We use words like rock, crag. We, we, we know that his power is the same. His authority is true. But then we get into shaky grounds when we step to the world and the media of the world. The media is simply the world's mouthpiece. The Word is God's mouthpiece. How much time do we demonstrate to our children that we stay in the Word? And how much time do we demonstrate to the children that we stay in the media? I'm not on my device half as much. Let me tell you something, the world is changing. So I want to, for those of you who know of a five-year-old, six-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, if you have a five-year-old, just imagine this. I want to ask you the question, since your five-year-old was born, how has the media and the world changed? I'm not going to go back, well, remember when we didn't have the radio, remember when it was called the wireless. Now I'm just going to go five years ago. Five years ago, this congregation didn't even know me or my wife. Five years ago, there were no screens up here, these dual screens. We didn't even think about broadcasting to the internet. The worldwide church was a phenomenon that we hadn't even considered maybe. Five years ago, the internet, in the last five years, the internet users have increased to 1.7 billion, which is an 82% increase from the five years prior to that. When we have a look at that, that means that we are getting currently 1 million new internet users every single day. 10 new users every single second. And yet the world currently is only 50% exposed to video-rich media. Only 50% of the world's population is exposed to video-rich media. What's video-rich media? Well, you can pretty much understand that a tweet with just text is not video-rich but when you go to a Facebook post and there's a video and you can actually see moving images, that's video-rich media. Whether that's a television broadcast on the television screen or a YouTube-enabled media piece, video-rich media is taking the world 
by storm. It's the reason why we've seen such a massive increase in the last five years because of media. We have become an I see, I want generation. Nowhere ever have we seen media increase so much ever since the event of media rich video. And for those of you in the social media world, you will know that social media five years ago was more about the text tweet as opposed to the video story on Insta or whatever we do with the video these days. We've had a 1.7% worldwide population growth over the last five years, but we've had a 10% internet growth comparatively. So we are increasing our internet population faster. Why? Because I can consume two pieces of information. I can be watching the game and sending messages to my friends about how I feel about the ref's call. I can consume multimedia at a rate of knots. Kids today don't sit in class just accepting what the teacher says. They're checking everything on Google. They don't just believe what parents say about discipline. They could probably quote the masters of kids' psychology back at you faster than anything else. Our kids these days are walking TED Talks. Everybody has to get quick information and be ready with that information. Nothing wrong with that. Because you see, God wants us to be knowledgeable. This means everlasting life. They're taking in knowledge of you and the one whom you sent forth, Jesus Christ. You see, I can use the internet to gain knowledge to contradict God's word gain knowledge to take on my own authority, knowledge puffs up. And as this generation begins to consume more and more knowledge, they're beginning to build a tower of Babel, thinking that they can be like God. They can take on the authority that only God has. Because I know it all. And if I don't know it all, I can find it out within seconds. We've got a trumped up IQ about ourselves I often wonder if it's somebody with a high IQ, if you had to take Google away from them, how high their IQ would really be. I know mine would drop probably by about 50%. Certainly my Bible knowledge would drop because I look up scripture references all the time. You guys think I've got it all in front of me. No, I'm looking them up faster than you can think. Why? Because Google has enabled me. But what has it also enabled me to do? It's also enabled me not to remember not to entrench the word in my heart because Google's got it. And so as we begin to have a look at this process of growth, boundaries are being broken every single second. New boundaries are being broken. It wasn't long ago when somebody took out their phone in the middle of Egypt, tweeted a few pictures, tweeted a few comments, and an entire Egyptian revolution broke out. As the storm of social media swept through, new boundaries were being formed. Old boundaries were being broken. News media was being, was being shifted. Moments, seconds after the first plane hit on 9-11, I was watching it on a big screen in South Africa, being told by the media what was the possible cause. And walking away with that commentary indelibly written on my mind. Years later, we begin to unpack, well, hang on, what was the real reason? Where did they really come from? Who was really flying the plane? What was really going on? But for generations, we've been affected by that initial media broadcast, and we took that as truth. Even though the person reporting was basing their reporting on sketchy details because nobody knew 
whatever he said or whatever he shared, we said we believed. And we continue to believe that right the way through. And decades later, we are still questioning what we believe around major events in our lives. My events might have been different to your events, but the fact remains is that with these boundaries being broken, I'm now no longer exposed to truth at the rate that God wants me to be exposed to truth. I know I can flick the switch with the Holy Spirit in my heart at any given time and He will never, ever, ever give me a report that will need to change. He will never, ever lead me down. He will never, ever give me sketchy details. But if the media can get the facts wrong, surely they can get morals wrong too. The challenge with these boundaries being broken is that boundaries do not need to be broken when it comes to our families. And sadly, morals are causing a society to rise up and break the basic fabric of family boundaries. We have sons suing dads, mothers being disowned by daughters. Where does that come from? How dare we cross boundaries that only God has put in place? How dare we put asunder what God has joined together? How dare we stand up and say, I believe man rather than God. I believe the television screen, an iPhone screen, a tweet, a post rather than God. Now, I'm not just talking about, well, 12 died, no, 17 died. They got their facts wrong. No, I'm talking about the media saying to our kids, it's okay to question your gender when it's not. It's okay to be boy today, girl tomorrow. It's okay to go and sleep around with anybody that you can find online. It's Okay, to take pictures of yourself naked and spread that all over the world. That's okay. That's normal behavior in the new media world. And what do we do? We just seem to accept. Never before has the United States stood on a brink of calamity, not because of economic or political decisions, but because of moral ones. In 2005, the South African government decided that it would be constitutionally okay for same-sex marriages. From that moment on, factually, we can show the degradation and slow sink to the, to the country's moral breakdown that has caused financial fallout, that has caused racial slurs, that has caused a breakdown in a society that is standing today on the brink of complete calamity. Why? Because they crossed the line of authority. They said it was okay for same-sex marriages to exist. Never before has society needed to stand up morally and say no to the media than we do today. Never before will we see more what we reap because of what we're sowing. Because the internet is on such a great growth, because media is so impactful, what we sow and what authority we give it, we are going to reap disaster into our bosom if we don't manage not our devices not our tvs our minds we can't switch it off i used to get infuriated with advertisers we used to drive down main roads in south africa in johannesburg and there there was these provocative advertising boards i never signed up for that for me that's a that's a, a breach of my human rights but we just drive past them and we accept it. 
We don't even use it as a teaching experience anymore for our children. We just expect the six-year-old sitting on the back seat in the car seat to look up at this provocative image and accept it and move on. We don't even stop and say, hang on, I need to teach my son, my daughter, that that is wrong from the get-go. We just accept it. Oh, no, no, Pastor Craig, I, I don't accept it. I, I, I disagree with you. I, I, I don't accept it. Well, just think about this. Let's go back our five years. What television programs would you, in, would you switch off five years ago that you'd watch today? And then tell me that media hasn't allowed your morals to slide. Now, I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I'm just trying to say, don't think that you sit there today unimpacted by media. When it comes to our kids, a parent's best defense is engagement, not disengagement. Oh, that kid is just always on his phone. You're just disengaged. And I'm not talking about engagement with their device. I'm talking about engagement with their lives, with their minds. You see, we have a God-given authority to claim their attention over the media. But because we give the media authority, oh, that phone, we are giving our God-given authority to capture the imagination of our children for Jesus to the media. But I don't stand for what the media stands for, but you don't take authority as a parent to capture their imagination for Jesus. You see, we need to take authority over, not just get complacent with. Is that making sense to you? We need to take authority. We need to teach our children how to take thoughts captive. We need to teach ourselves how to have the mind of Jesus Christ. We need to be on a constant, focused attention. There's something that television stations call ratings, and they can judge how many people are watching at any given time. And their whole focus is to try and get your focus, to try and get as many people tuning in to that station as possible. That's the media. They want you to tune into their channel. They want you to like their Instagram account. They want you to be part of their Facebook. They want you to be giving them focus. Trust me, I come from a world where I know all the tricks of the trade to try and get people to focus on what I want them to focus on and not what's really important. I, I spent time in the secular world trying to get people to spend money they didn't have so they would take out loans with the bank. That was my job. When one of our directors did something shady, my job was to unfocus you from the shady deal and focus you on your needs. I was a spin doctor for the financial institutions of the world. Trust me, I come from a place where I know what the media is up to and it is up to no good. Don't think for a minute that that television advert telling you that if you just take this pill, that headache will go away forever and you'll have no side effects. Trust me, your media is up the pole when it comes to the authority that you have over your own health. It wants you to place that authority in the bottle and not in God. Am I making sense? I'm not talking about not taking medication. I'm talking about where do you place the authority? I'm not talking about being stupid with your health. I'm not talking about being stupid with your health at all. I'm talking about where do you place the authority? Is it in God or is it in man? You see, the media 
by allowing the media to do what it's doing, we're letting it take us places that we don't want to go. We have the thing that Paul said, the things I really want to do, I never ever seem to have time to do. I can't get to. And the things I don't want to do, I end up doing. Ever felt like that? I, I had that experience on Saturday. I really knew that I, I was supposed to cut the lawn. But there's this show on Netflix that Leanne and I enjoy watching. And after a number of hours of Netflix binge watching, now it was, oh, too dark to cut the lawn. Well, are you still watching? Yes. Yes. And that was a show that wasn't morally corrupt. It was just a time-consuming exercise. But here's the deal. When I cut the lawn, 90% of the time, I have praise and worship music in my ears, and I'm giving my God all honor and glory. I didn't just get robbed from cutting the lawn. I got robbed from worshiping my God in my normal natural rhythm. Now all of a sudden, media has me out of my rhythm, has me out of my normal focus by just giving me the opportunity to watch again. You tell me that the media doesn't know this? If you're a Netflix watcher, you know that they know how to get you to binge watch. Oh, come on, I'm not the only Netflix sinner in the room. You finish the one episode and there's the next one. It's just a click away. I did an exercise the other day with a certain show. We, we use what we call a VidAngel app on our Apple TV. And what it allows you to do is it consumes a video file and then you are able to go in before you watch it and edit out profanity, nudity, sexual innuendos, and you're able to edit it out. Well, I took on a popular show that was rated PG and I put it through my Christian moral standards of the things that I did not want to happen. It cut a 45-minute episode down to three minutes and four seconds. And that was just cutting out nudity, profanity, and sexual innuendos. You see, we have become completely, completely complacent with what we consume. Even our advertising which used to be an opportunity for us to go and get more popcorn, has now become a sick moral quagmire that we have to navigate. You see, the reason, the worst thing that could have ever happened in media is the advent of personal devices. With personal devices came personal effect. Devices have become personal. And devices, by nature of becoming personal, have become psychological. They, they now interest or adapt or change to our psyche. This is my friend. It's not a tool. Have you ever seen somebody that's lost their phone? They can't concentrate. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Hmm. They can't concentrate. They, they lose this personal device. And it's like their whole brain goes into meltdown. This has become the moral character steering point of our minds. If I'm not in contact with somebody, I must be nothing. The whole world is going to fall down if you don't have your phone for 15 minutes. Well, I don't know who's liked me. Jesus likes you. That's enough. He's clicked on that. There's only one thumbs up I ever want to see, and that's from Jesus. 
And the minute I accepted him and say, I like you, he liked me, and we've been best friends forever. I don't have to worry ever about Jesus unliking me or shock horror muting me. You see, when it comes down to these devices, we have even begun to develop eye contact textability. I can completely hold a conversation with you while I'm texting you. My mind is over here, but my presence is over here. My morals are over here, but my face is over here. We've even had instances of people having sexual relations via text in church. Amen. Uh-huh. Because the media has enabled us to have a facade of who we are to the rest of the world and it doesn't necessarily have to be real. I was counseling a, a child the other day that had been caught up in child porn, creation of their own child porn. Well, they weren't that much of a child. They were old enough, but they weren't old enough. And they were taking photographs and doing things they shouldn't be. And we've been in some counseling over this matter for some time. And this person, and I won't go into much details because I don't want to disclose anybody, but this young person honestly looked at me and said, but it's not real. It's not real. I can go on a complete shooting rampage on my PlayStation, but it's not real. It is real. Media has got that good. We were recently at the Orlando Studios, the Universal Studios in Orlando. And I knew that dragon that was eating my car in the ride was not real, but man, it looked real. So much so that other people, not me, other people were screaming. When we know it's not real, then why do we consume it? Because it takes us out of our current world and places us in another virtual reality. How can the two be true? How can virtual and reality be combined into one compound thought? Because there's nothing real about something that's virtual. And yet we have put the reality into the virtual digital world. Through our imagination, through what our minds do, and then we set up this excuse that it's not me, it's the other generation. It's my kids. Well, in a study done recently, we found that parents text and email just as much as their kids Insta and Facebook. A common ex exercise is at the breakfast table of many, many American families, you'll have a parent either taking a call, texting, or emailing while their son or daughter is sitting there waiting for the food to be cooked. We have a generation who is lo looking for attention from the adult. And when they don't get it because of media and consumption of media, they turn to the media themselves. Your child copies what you do. They might use different channels. They might Insta while you text. But the fact remains is that we are teaching this generation where to attach their minds. Because we are not leading as adults with, by teaching them how to attach their minds to Jesus Christ. How much more virtual reality do you get than the Holy Spirit? And so when we have a look at this whole process, a, a woman by the name of Sherry Turkle in a TED Talk in 2009 introduced the concept that this society is now beginning to learn how to be together while not being together. They've, they've got the whole process even in families where because we have the ability to be together even though we're not together, that 
Our families are being set up for trouble, she says. And she introduced this concept of alone together. I've had an experience myself where I've come across texts of my children that I knew where they were when they sent those texts. They were sitting in the middle of a whole bunch of youth, but the text read, I'm so lonely. We've, we've, we've been able to present what we're feeling digitally and as a result live it out, as opposed to present what we're living on digital. Does that make sense? If I say to my friends that I'm lonely, I exercise the reality of what I've just declared virtually, as opposed to digital and media being a virtual expression of what's really happening. Does that make sense? Was it something I said, Erin? <laughs> she said this, this brings about not only trouble with how we relate to one another, but also how we relate with ourselves and our capacity for self-reflection. I consume so much information, I don't stop and think about how I feel about it. I just nod my head and go on. I accept that that's what is true, and I move on. I don't stop for a moment and go, hang on, that report doesn't match up with what God is saying. We just consume the report, and we move on as if it's true, because we don't run out of time to stop and think. We are teaching and empowering an entire generation, she says, to put aside genuine emotional engagement and personal reflection and embrace a world where sharing with others may be invasive, but certainly not vulnerable. People want to be together at the same time they want to be elsewhere. Children want to be with you, but at the same time they want to be living multiple different lives. A child psychologist said this, that media has indeed increased our children's virtual schizophrenia. We are now encouraging our children to have multiple personalities. Society is saying it's okay. And remember that in Scripture, that kind of condition is associated with demonic. That kind of condition is lying and cheating to one person and making them believe another and because that's not who I really am in that condition as this is who I am over here. That's called manipulation and that's associated in Scripture with being demonic. I have the ability right now to go and create an account while I'm on stage that will have the world believe that I'm whatever I want them to believe. I can even come up with photographs that back up my story just by going onto Google and downloading some photographs. No one knows. No one checks. We just consume and believe. The incredible thing is, is that everything we've heard about the media can be used for good. Every single element of the media, if we take authority, can be used for good. How do we, though, stop the bad getting in? How do we stop the media affecting ourselves? 1 Corinthians 15.33 says it like this, stop being a fool. Stop believing that the media doesn't affect you. Start looking at the television programs, even the language. We, we sometimes stop and when somebody comes and gives us a prophetic word that doesn't line up with how we feel or God's word. What do we say? I don't receive that, brother. 
And we go home and while we're making ourselves a cup of coffee, we allow all sorts of words to be received into our home because the television is on and blaring. We'll tell a brother, I don't receive that brother, but we won't tell Satan to get out of our house. Am I making sense? And then we put our children down who are sponges for information and that television, that device becomes the best form of babysitting ever. I did it myself. I didn't buy my son or my daughter an iPad at the age of five because they were some IT genius. I bought them an iPad so they could shut up and sit in the corner while I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Guilty as charged. I'm not saying if you've bought your child an iPad to keep them quiet or at peace that it's a problem. But do you know what they're watching? At the age of two, come on, admit it, children know how to navigate an iPhone already. You give them something to watch and you pick up the phone and they're watching something different. My phone is still protected. So if my child picks it up, they're not going to get content that they shouldn't. Just because I'm an adult doesn't mean to say I want worldly adult coming into my life, content coming into my life. I want to be as a babe. So my settings on my phone are set to PG. But my settings to the Bible, my mind is wide open to. I guard my heart when it comes to the world because out of my heart comes forth life if I allow God's word to be embedded in it. Don't think that you are above the rules. Even today, my children will get frustrated with me because they want to watch a movie that's got a no persons 2 to 16, no persons 2 to 13 age restriction, and they're now 16, you know. Well, their mind is supposed to be of a babe. I'm not going to let the world rob my children of babe-like, childlike faith by allowing them to be exposed to this world's rating of what an adult should be watching. The rating system is wrong. Get it into your heads. That's a trickery of the world to say it's okay to watch this movie. I have watched PG movies use the Lord's name in vain over and over and over again. Why? Because the world says that children under the age of 10 can use the Lord's name in vain. To the world, using the Lord's name in vain is not a problem. So it's a PG-rated movie. According to Bible standards, that movie should be burned or edited or cut down through tools. I'm not saying be completely, completely childish to the world. There are tools that can allow you to still consume that video but cut out that which is not of God. And you might be going, that's very, that's very old-fashioned, Craig. I'd rather be old-fashioned, thank you very much, and alive with Jesus Christ. Trust me, I'm the social media digital guy for this church. My job is to try and use media for the benefit of Jesus Christ. It's possible to do. It's doable. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some work. Your children might call you old-fashioned, but I've often said I'd rather have an old-fashioned daughter than one that's pregnant before marriage. And I will protect that with everything that I've got. Oh, I'll get a shotgun when the first boy comes along. But they're watching the first boy do crazy things at the age of five on the iPhone. And I do nothing about that. 
Parents, wake up. Your family is being destroyed from the inside. You can object to me as much as you like. Trust me, my kids are well-adjusted technically. They understand digital product. They know how to use the digital things of this world. But every night, even my 18-year-old son returns his devices to my bedroom because the rule is no devices behind closed doors. Satan doesn't stop working at 9 o'clock at night when they go to bed. Oh, but Craig, he's 18. Surely he should make his own decisions. Well, he's using my internet, living under my home, under my roof. I'm not going to allow my finances to be consumed with filth. And I'm certainly not going to allow my son's mind to be consumed with filth. Even if I have to protect that mind until the day he got to turns 80, I will die protecting my children's minds from Satan the devil. We need to stand up and do the same. Because then when they get to 16 and you come running to the pastor to say, oh, but Craig, this is happening in my, I don't understand why. And then when I ask questions of you, there's 110 excuses why you allowed that or why you disallowed something. Let me tell you something, parents. This is biblical. You reap what you sow. And so God doesn't say, well, if you sow more of me and some of the world, you'll only reap me. No, there's things called weeds and tears, and it's going to be both. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. We need to make sure our kids are protected from the bad company that media can bring. It's not about the devices or the monitoring software that we can put in place. It's, being about, it's about being present and together and focusing on our children. That's our children. Here's some advice for us. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. We love that part. Fear be gone in Jesus' name. I have the authority to cast out fear. Why? Because I have love. Jesus loves me. Have a look at what the in King James Version says that needs to be attached to all of that. A sound mind. Can you honestly answer the question, that this world will give you a sound mind with the answer, yes, I agree. We, we can't say that anything in this world will give us a sound mind. We can't answer for one moment that, that, that we need to have anything but a sound mind. And when we have a look at Scripture in Romans chapter 12, and I, I wanted to go through a whole lot more, but I've run out of time and I really want to spend some time answering questions. It says this in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Stop imitating the opinions and the ideals of the culture around you. Stop it. Oh, but Craig, you know, you, you're being a bit harsh. Must I throw my TV away? No. It's not the device. It's the mind. Jesus walked among sinners. He saw prostitution. The woman had just been caught in adultery. He knew what was going on around him but he decided how to use what was going on around him for the furtherance of the gospel, then just turn a blind eye and go, he wasn't oblivious. He didn't stick his head in the sand. I'm not saying that you, you can't watch certain movies. Use movies as teaching examples. Tell children why that's wrong. 
Don't just leave them to watch the movie and leave questions like, is homosexuality okay hanging? The media will reason with them. Their own minds will kick into gear. And before you know it, you've got a child who feels that transgender activity is okay. Why? Because the TV tells him, mom never engaged in my life. Dad never engaged in my life to use that as a teaching opportunity. We waited for our children to be old enough to understand what a miracle was versus what magic is. So now they can watch magic type movies with an understanding that this is just makeup. It's not real. It's virtual. There's nothing real about this. But miracles are real. Even to this day, I double check after we've watched a movie that certain principles that were crossed in the movie, did we get that? Do we understand this? Do we know that? And let me tell you something, and I'm not just bragging on my children, but when I look over my shoulder, I think we've done a good job. Come on, Kevin would have wanted you to say amen to that. Amen. Pleases and thank yous are not, are, are not optional. Standing up when somebody walks into a room, old-fashioned, Craig, I'd rather be old-fashioned and do it right than let this world dictate what kind of man my oldest son will become. I want Jesus to get into his heart. I want him to be aware of what's going on in the world. We haven't model coddled him. We haven't model coddled any of our kids. In fact, my son, my youngest son, wants to become a YouTube broadcaster. He wants to stream his gaming on, online. But what does that mean? He knows that three times a week, dad's coming into his room. Show me what you've been playing. Show me what you've been doing. Let's discuss these games. Let's... Let's get to the bottom of what you're seeing. Who are you online with? Who's chatting in your ear right now? Pick up the phone. Phone that kid's parent. What do you mean? Well, I want to know. I want them to know that I'm monitoring what's going on between these two kids who are talking to each other via Xbox. And I want that parent to know that I've got some standards that I'm going to hold them accountable to. Oh, but, but isn't that going to make us feel strange? Well, Kevin, Kyle's got tons of friends on Xbox. They haven't been offended, but they know, Kyle knows that if I catch them cussing or, or saying wrong things or, or doing the wrong thing, there goes his Xbox. Kyle knows that that Xbox is not his. He knows it's mine. I bought it, not you. When you're old enough to buy an Xbox, you can decide what you consume on your own internet and your own bandwidth under your own roof. But under my house, as for me and my house, we will focus on the Lord. I don't care how rebellious you, you get. I don't care how much tantrum you throw. Trust me, the tantrum you throw by guiding, a tantrum a child throws by guiding them will be nothing compared to the gnashing of teeth when we start reaping what Satan wants to sow into their lives. You with me? How many of us, when we get older, go, I'm so grateful my mom and dad did X and Y. Right now, it's our turn to do X and Y to our children so that when they get to 24, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, I'm going no further. They can also say, I'm so grateful for what my mom and dad did. This means that if we stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around us, that we will be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. When we can cut out the spirit of the world and introduce the spirit of the Holy Spirit, watch our kids' lives become transformed. Just today, 
My son was honored publicly because of what he is as a young man. Has it taken effort? Yes, it has. Has it taken a lot of gnashing of teeth? Yes, it has. Has he balked at it? Probably every day. But one day, my son, my daughter, and my youngest will turn around and say, I'm so grateful for what my mom and my dad did, giving me the ability to have the mind of Christ. Because you see, no matter what the obstacle, if we are teaching our children to have the mind of Christ, they can overcome all temptations, all thought processes. Oh, my son and daughter just came home and said that they want to be a girl, but they're a boy. Oh, they want to, they want to be a boy, but they're a girl. They, they wanted to be a girl yesterday, but wanted to be a boy today. I'm confused. Teach them the mind of Jesus Christ. What is Jesus asking you to be? Trust me, a child who genuinely seeks out Jesus in their heart will never be gender confused. Jesus will never lie to them about their gender. Jesus will never ever lie to them about their orientation towards marriage. Jesus will never ever lie to them. Teach them to go to Jesus and watch their moral compass come right. It's the best thing you can do. Teach your child to pray. Hey, Father God, we're about to watch this movie. Protect our minds from anything that Satan wants to plant in it while we, as we watch. And let me tell you something. I have the world's fastest draw in the West. My wife has got the ability to grab that remote control and push stop faster than any other woman alive. Get good at switching things off and you'll find that your children get switched on to Jesus. Amen? Before we pray, before we go into, into worship around this matter, I didn't get to half of what I wanted to speak about, but I want to ask you if we could just get a mic to roam through the audience so that the online folk can perhaps uh, see what, what, uh, or hear what's being asked. They might not be able to see you. Are there any questions that you'd like to shoot at me? And you can get as practical as you want to. I'm open. Um, with, after about 20 years in ministry now, I'm not scared to, I, I don't think much shocks me. Uh, I was a paramedic before I became a, a pastor. And in those two worlds, not much shocks me anymore. But if you want to ask practical questions, I can even give you the names of products, the things that we use in our home. Right now, if my kids um, don't do their laundry, we can shut off their internet access because they haven't done their chores. We, we can shut down their phones from having certain access. Even if they had a friend's house on their dad's wireless, somebody else's wireless, I can see what my kids are doing. I get a daily report. My wife gets a daily report on me because you know what? I'm a pastor, and if Satan's going to try and get me while I'm doing research on the internet, you can, I can't tell you. If you just have to, don't do this. I'm not even going to share what I put in. I was doing research for a message on self-discipline. Thank the Lord I'm protected. Thank the Lord that even to this day, other men in the, in the ministry have got internet setups with me that report me, report their activity each week to me and I hold them accountable and there's systems in place that can hold men accountable. Not that we all sick perverts, but we are attempting to put whatever measures in place to make sure we keep our minds on Jesus. 
I will not be shaken by something as stupid as that. Trust me, I went into that world that's sick. I'm so glad that Jesus got hold of me because he rectified so much. But they're tools that we can use not to police our children. My kids don't mind being governed anymore. They kind of enjoy it. They know the guidelines. They don't balk at it. If Kevin, even when he goes to, we're on the road for ministry and we got the whole family in a hotel and he logs on to their Wi-Fi and he needs to come and give me his phone to punch in a code to allow him to log on to a Wi-Fi. He just knows. He just knows. He does. Pastor, it's, it's become nature. It's, it's how we do things now. Am I making sense? Questions? Uh-oh. Other guys got lots of questions, and I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to get lots of questions too. There we go. This is the most nerve-wracking part. So. Okay, I just have a practical question for your family's phones. What monitoring system do you guys use? Okay, there's a, there's a product um, that uh, you can get for, for all of your phones. It's relatively inexpensive. It's endorsed by Disney. It's called Circle. There are two aspects to this device. It's a device that sits on your wireless at home so that it can govern your wireless activity. And then there's an app that you install that takes control of your child's phone so that if they go off the wireless, the rules that you set for them while they're at home apply while they're out of the house. And it's called Circle, and it is an amazing, amazing product because not only does it, def does it, does it uh, give you governance over what they can and cannot view, but it also gives, it gives you a tool to help them prioritize because there is certain things that I do allow them to watch but then, or do. But then I can go to them at the end of the week and say, look at how many hours this week you spent on Instagram. Look at that. Do you think that that was the best use of your time? Because now you haven't done this, that, and the other. And now because you haven't done those chores, there goes your internet. You have no longer internet access until those chores get done. Next week, their prioritization gets a bit better. So I'm teaching them life skills, not just holding back. I'm teaching them principles that Christ wants me to teach them, not just policing them. That's what it meant when I said on the slide, it's not about engagement in the device, it's engaging into their lives. Other questions? Wow. Wait for the mic if you wouldn't mind. And if you're online um, and you are watching, please feel free to pose those questions in the chat room and we'll be sure to answer those if you, if you do have any questions for me. So, uh, continuing on what she was asking about, is the, are these programs good for any kind of device or only for a phone? It's for Could any kind of device. Could be used for tablets yes. and All of things my, like that. My, my, we live in a family where our kids have multiple devices. Um, they've got tablets and iPads and, and phones and computers. And I have a college-age son that needs to have those devices to get the job done. That software is installed on all of his devices and I'm monitoring all of his devices at any given time. But here's the deal. I don't ask my child what I'm not willing to do myself. Right. Yeah, they know that I'm submitted my devices to someone to hold me accountable to. So I'm not sitting lording it over them. I'm showing them by my actions that my devices are all protected too. Okay. Now, will that turn off the internet like you're talking I can to? switch off different devices. I can even switch off different applications on those devices. So if I want them to continue using Google to search and research for their, for their school project, I can switch, off, switch on Google but switch off Instagram. 
during homework hours, I can, I can define what products or what devices they're allowed to use and what systems they're allowed to use for their homework so they don't get distracted. There's many ways of utilizing that software. It's an amazing, amazing piece of software. Thank you. Any other questions? Over there, ma'am. With this software, when they go away, like my daughter went off to camp and with, for several weeks this summer, is there a way to keep her off the internet with? Yes, ma'am. So, as I said, there's two pieces of software, and there's a number of other devices and software that you can get. This is just the one we use. Um, you might even go on and, and, and Google this. Um, but there, the, what actually happens is, is there's a, a, a back-end piece of software that gets embedded onto all of their devices, and the settings that you have for your home network now apply to that device, irrespective of what network they join. So if they go onto another wireless, if they're searching on, on 4G or LTE, those same principles apply. So Leanne, my wife, for example, will go into Kevin's room and see that he hasn't cleaned his room. While Kevin's at school, on the Wi-Fi at school, she's switching off all of his nice-to-have applications because he hasn't done his chores. Cruel, I know. I love the power. <laughs> just this morning, just this morning, my wife got a notification that, hey, there was something untoward that breached my PG rating on my phone. She got a notification. I was currently in the shower and something had popped up on my Instagram feed while my phone was still open. It was an advert. I had no control over it. But she got a notification and an alert. You with me? What a blessing. That's not for me. Not a problem. Want to get the mic over here? Just can you wait for the mic? Because we, otherwise the folk online can't hear you. Sorry about that. If a parent limits their child's free time on devices, should they also honor that same amount of time? Well, you, you see, the thing is, is that there's different priorities in different situations. So, for example, as a leader that's involved in digital in the digital world, if I got limited to my time on my device, I, I wouldn't be able to do my job. Whereas a child who's doing homework doesn't need Instagram to do homework. So there's different things for different people. But if my wife really wanted to, she could shut me down. If I'm on the device too much, she could go onto her device and she could shut me down. But I could do the same back to her, but I wouldn't be able to because she's already shut me down first. So it shut me down wars. But the fact is, is that, is that you need to be demonstrating to your children that, hey, I want to be protected too. Might be different degrees. It might be different things and different timings. But you should be willing and demonstrating that you're not governed by the media. Your mind is on Jesus. So more importantly than giving up your phone, show them that you're in the Word. Show them that you are drinking in Jesus' Word. Demonstrate not what you're taking away, but what you're doing. Does that make sense? Because a lot of people want to police the device. Please, that, 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 I, I, I left the device until last. Because it's not about policing the device. It's about having, helping your children have the mind of Jesus Christ. It's not about a tool that can shut off the internet. I'm getting to a place very soon where some of these device restrictions for my son will start being backed up now. I will still monitor them because now I'm aiming the arrow, but there's going to come a time when I'm going to release it. And I can still monitor where that arrow is going and now guide and help 
as opposed to police and shut off. You're making sense? I, I want my children to understand that, that we are at war and, and I'm wanting to fight for them, but I'm fighting for myself for them too. Does that answer your question? That's good. Other questions? Let's get a mic up on stage. Um, the way I was raised, my parents were like the strictest of the Christians, you know, so I've observed by experience as a child, you know, how it sometimes, I was kind of proud on one sense, like being raised very old-fashioned, and then on the other hand, sometimes being very embarrassed that, you know, like going to a Christian school and like we didn't really celebrate Christmas the way other people celebrate, you know, so like how... What what do you say about that? If you choose to take a very, and I call it strict, but preserving view of these things, you know, how how do you recommend you helping your your children? I get the question. So yeah. so, my, my stance on this is, hopefully, as active as I am about shutting and policing down, I am active in seeking the Lord's face as regards my parental duties what's right and what's wrong for my children. Hopefully, I'm not going to go too far right or too far left of what the Holy Spirit's asking and guiding me to do. At the same time, I'm, I'm more aware, I just want parents to, to know that they need to be more aware of what God is asking them to do as parents than what the world is asking them to be as parents. That, is, that really is my message, is be aware of Jesus as parents, be, but I'm not even talking only to parents. I'm not talking about being um, rule-based and becoming law-based. I don't necessarily shut my son's devices down as opposed to using the report to guide him. Does that make sense? There are certain things that are extreme that are blocked, but sometimes I will just pull up the report and go, hey, why did you spend 12 and a half hours on your device today? Half of your day was spent on your device. I don't go, you shouldn't be, you with me? I, I try and use the tool to better parent as opposed to being a lawmaker. Does that make sense? I hope and I pray that my children, by exposing them to my church family, to other youth that are, that are wise and being brought up in the, in the mental regulating of Jesus Christ, that they will set their own standards of certain things and have their own belief structure around certain things. Um, I, I'm not going to dictate to my kids how they celebrate Christmas, for example, when they get married one day. Um, but it, as for me and my household, when we do Christmas, well, we do it to honor Jesus Christ. We do it to, and what it, whatever fun we have in doing that, that's part of the deal. So I, I really am just asking parents not to become policemen. Please, you're going you're gonna to get rebellious teenagers and rebellious kids. But use tools to help you guide. Use tools to help you set the tone of your family. And your tone of your family should be Jesus, not the world. Does that answer your question? Please, don't get me wrong. I, I speak out harshly against the world's media, but that doesn't mean to say that I need to have a knee-jerk, rule-based, law-based response to it. Every child is different. Kevin absorbs media one way. My youngest son, Kyle, absorbs media another. I need to be attentive to how they absorb and what they do and what affects them. Some things Kevin just doesn't even notice on a movie. 
some things Kyle picks up on. Bianca sees something completely different. I have to be attentive in the moment to knowing how it's being affected each person. As much attention as I give my brethren here at church as regards the promptings of the Holy Spirit to minister to you, I need to be aware of the Holy Spirit in my promptings on how I minister to my children. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Amen. Great question. Yes, mom. Okay, now that we're saved and we're a young family and we've been used to doing things the way the world do it, how do you then implement the Christian way Very of doing it? Very good question. How do you rewind? And it's, it's kind of sometimes we get so involved that we wonder if we can go back. You don't ever go back. You go forward in a different direction. Yeah, there's no way that you can unwind. But if we go forward in a different direction, so it will take a consolidated effort of you to set the principles and then start, start effectively disciplining. The person, the new habits will be defined by you. Yeah, but if you just for one moment kind of say one thing and then do another, they're going to revert to the former. You with me? So you need to demonstrate that you're not going to tolerate that coming into your mind. It's not about, I'm not allowing this to come into my house. No, I'm going to demonstrate to my children how, what disciplines I'm going to have in not, affect, in not affecting my mind. Does that make sense? So it's not about, once again, the pre previous question, it's not about wagging the finger and saying, this is how we're now going to do it. No, it's about saying, hey guys, do you believe this scripture? Yes. Well, what does that mean? If we, if we believe the scripture that we should have the mind of Jesus, what does that mean when we do X or when we do Y or when we do Z? My wife says to me often that every opportunity, every moment is a teaching opportunity. Every moment. Even when we're exposed to bad stuff. Shock, horror. I can't be a good Christian. I saw that on the TV. No, that's a, if you're having that response, praise Jesus. Because that's your Christian repulsion pushing back against the world. But now if you make it a habit of watching that kind of thing to such a point that you become kind of blasé about it, now your Christian conscience isn't pushing back as hard. We've got a problem. You with me? Now if we can't teach our children to say we used to allow this, but do you think that that's the best way of using our mind? Yeah? If it's not, change, start changing behavior. Do it for yourself first. Yeah? If you stand up and say, I'm not watching this, and they go, ah, mom, whatever. You don't have to switch the TV off. Walk out. And watch how quickly that TV channel gets changed. Watch. Because you have the authority to set the tone. Not by wagging the finger, but by walking the principles that you are espousing. Does that make sense? Have open discussions with your kids. Open discussions. I am worried about. Don't you are doing? I am worried. I am concerned. I don't think we're using our time right as a family. I think we could be doing better at having a mind of Jesus. I think we could be doing and help better at helping our neighbor. I think we could be better at. Does that? That's inclusive talk, not wagging the finger and becoming law-based as you change direction. Don't think that you have to rewind and undo. Just go forward in a different direction. Does it answer your question? Alrighty. Any other questions before we just pray over this serious matter?
And, and I hope you don't think that this is, I hope you get the brevity that I'm not asking everybody to be like we've run our family. I just ask that we're aware of it. That, hey, hang on, hang on, hang on, stop the bus. I know my child's watched this, but do they understand it in the context of Jesus? And now I've got a moment to sit down and explain to my son some things. Now, you might object to some of the things that I allow my kids to watch. Please know that nobody can wag the finger at anybody else. That scripture is pretty plain. As for me and my household. Yeah? Rather pray that the Holy Spirit directs me as a mom and a dad than pray that, hey, you're doing it wrong. You need to do it right. Remember the immediate knee-jerk Christian reaction to certain movies like Harry Potter and these kinds of things. Well, in your household, your child might not be able to consume the concept of what the difference between Hollywood magic and a miracle is. Well, if your children can, and you want to sit and watch that movie with them, I, I got a crazy story to tell you. We got all excited about Lord of the Rings. And so we sat down as a family to watch Lord of the Rings. But we wouldn't watch Harry Potter. And when I look at Lord of the Rings, it's ten times more dark than Harry Potter was. I was being hypocritical. To outside in the world, in the church, no Harry Potter. There was, you get what I'm saying? Is that in my home, I need to look at the situation. Now, I've got the best memories with my kids watching certain movies because I can pause, stop, hang on, did you get that? No, skip that scene. Leanne and I preview movies before we release them to our kids. We don't just send our kids off to the movies with, with money and some money for popcorn and soda. No, I watch, the, I watch the reviews. I've got websites that I go on that Christian families review movies and indicate whether or not it's good or not good. If it gets too many bad ratings by other Christian men and women who are willing to share those ratings online, hey, can we watch something else? Nine times out of ten when we get it wrong, my kids will come back and go, what a junk movie we actually walked out halfway. Yes, please. Not we got the decision wrong. Arrow aimed. Now we watch how they respond and we guide and we shape. Not you will not and you will do. Trust me. If you're going to police the device, if you're going to police the behavior and not the mind, you're going to run into some trouble. Any other questions? At the back, Jared. On a microphone there quickly, please, just so that online can hear. For those of you watching, Jared is behind the cameras and behind the soundboard. He's one of the technical guys that is making this happen. Okay. I just want to encourage the parents right now because I come from a family that we do, like, you know, put the phones in the kitchen before you go to bed. We do have the movie monitors that cut out, you know, the worldly things. And he was saying if you focus on the mind more than the devices and the limitations, it works better. I just want to testify to the parents that it's true because whenever I come home and my parents ask me, uh, how was your day? That shows me that they're involved in my life. And whenever I'm close to my parents Amen. and my parents are close to me and they say, hey, when, before you go to bed, put your phone in the kitchen, I, I, my mind's like, okay, I understand that. I see where they're coming from. I'm close to them and I want to do that. So I just want to encourage the parents to 
be involved in your kids' life as much as you are their devices. Right. Okay. Amen. That's, and that's I want to encourage you guys as a family. Um, I want to say to the rest of the congregation, I've walked this out, and I think we can testify to this. Good kids don't turn out by chance. Yeah? And just because you've got a, a bad kid doesn't mean to say that you can't turn that situation and head in a different direction. Yeah? It's time for us to stand up and look at the legacy that we're creating in our children. We've created the mess that we sit with. It's, it's as simple as that. Whether we have children or not, we've created the next generation. The way we've lived our lives has created the next generation. Well, now we need to start shaping it and taking responsibility for what we've shaped. Amen? Amen. All righty. Thank you for that, Jared. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Let's pray together.